Praise the Lord, everybody. Pastor Fields here. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Certainly, I'm glad to be able to come to you again, into your homes, automobiles, wherever you are, uh, to share God's word with you. And I'm so grateful to the Lord for his goodness, his mercy. He's such a wonderful God. And um, I just can't praise him enough for all of his wonderful blessings towards me. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for keeping us and watching over us. It's because of you that we're blessed and we ask that you would bless us through your words. Speak to our hearts and minds, we ask. Give us what we need tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We want to give some of the saints time to come on in as we prepare our hearts and minds for the reception of God's word. Um, certainly, uh, the Lord has been blessing us through the word of God. And, and tonight, um, I want to go into the book of Nehemiah. There's a thought uh, that I have in my mind. Um, you know, um, we've been going through this pandemic um, for about a year now, a little over a year. And then um, some of us are getting ready to go back into our churches. Some of us already in the building and uh, in meditating on the word of God, I came across a scripture that really stuck with me. And I wanna share it with you on tonight. Nehemiah 13 and 11 and um, my subject tonight is don't neglect the house of God. Don't neglect the house of God. Um, so many of us have been going through changes. These have been challenging times. Um, and yes, many have suffered loss, but it has also been a, a time of exposure. Um, exposure of strengths and weaknesses and it should have been an opportunity for all of us, from me to you, to take inventory of our lives, to set priorities, to really come to a decision uh, as to what really is important. Uh, and I, I think it's, it's needful for us to have this discussion. Um, the book of Nehemiah it actually concludes Old Testament history when the Jewish if you remember the history, the Jewish exiles were permitted to go back into Jerusalem, their homeland from captivity, Babylonian captivity. Remember that that uh, psalm by the rivers of Babylon where we sat down, our hearts wept when we remembered Zion. The enemy came to them and said, sing us one of those songs of Zion. And they, they responded and said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Well, they had been there now for years. Uh, Persians now have conquered Babylon and some things are shifting and changing. Uh, I believe it was uh, Cyrus who signs a decree and allows Nehemiah to go back and rebuild the wall. But before that time, um, Ezra had gone in to bring revival uh, in the midst of their bondage. Hallelujah. The Lord starts stirring up revival and 
turning their hearts back to God. Uh, so now uh, these exiles are able to go back to their homeland. Uh, and you'll see, we see from history that Ezra and Nehemiah knew one another. They were contemporaries. So we can say that uh, Ezra, um, if you look at the book of Ezra and the book of Nehemiah in the Hebrew literature, it's just one book. It's just one book, uh, but in the Holy Bible that we have, it's been separated into two books. So um, let's talk historically. Uh, it records, the book of Nehemiah records the history. Um, well, let's say Ezra and Nehemiah record three returnings or three segments of the return of these exiles. So historically, we have to break it up into three sections. Ezra, the book of Ezra, covers uh, events associated with the first two returns. Uh, when they first started, uh, the first two returns, and then Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, covers the events associated with the final or the third return. So um, if you compare it to Ezra, in the book of Ezra, it focuses on the rebuilding of the temple. But in Nehemiah, it focuses on the rebuilding of the wall surrounding the city of Jerusalem. Uh huh. So, but both books would emphasize the following. Both books emphasize the following: the importance of spiritual recovery and a commitment to the Word of God. Spiritual recovery and a commitment to the Word of God. So. As forestated, Nehemiah and Ezra were contemporaries. Um, remember, uh, Nehemiah is serving as a cupbearer to uh, Artaxerxes uh, I, who was the king of Persia. Uh, as you remember, uh, the Babylonians, or the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar was told, you're not going to be the head for long. There are going to be other kingdoms. Uh, one's going to take you down, another's going to come in and take that one down and so forth. Don't have time to get into the vision of Daniel, but now the Persians uh, are in charge. Um, and when Nehemiah receives news that the exiles who returned to Judah from Babylon and Persia, they were in trouble. Uh, they were in trouble. There were enemies saying they were going to rise up against them and so forth. Uh, and the wall of Jerusalem was still in shambles. Uh, he was very upset. As you read the writings of Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, so he's crying, he's weeping, he's praying, he goes on a fast, he's mourning uh, about Jerusalem's plight. Lord, there's no protection around the city. Uh, and he goes through all of this for a while. So uh, finally, he's given permission by Artaxerxes to go to Jerusalem and be governor. Go and be the governor and rebuild the city walls. We're just, we're just touching base with some history here behind the text. Rebuild those city walls and uh, he's an inspired leader. He's pushing the people to work. He's rallying his countrymen to come together. Let's rebuild the wall. Uh, and in this, in this chapter it says, and the people had a mind to work. Now he he says, let's rebuild the wall completely. So according to history in the text, even uh, he does it in 52 days, 52 days. Nehemiah 
and the workers, his countrymen, come together and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem in only 52 days. And that's in spite of all of the opposition. Hallelujah. I felt that in spite of the opposition. Listen, when you set your mind to do what God has given you to do, in spite of the opposition, God will perform it through you. It shall be established. It shall be done. It will be complete. You will complete the work. Just, just set your eyes on God and do what he told you to do. Do what he has inspired you to do. In spite of the enemy's, listen, listen to my terminology. In spite of the enemy's determined opposition, everywhere they turned, there was a sand ballot, a Tobiah. There was somebody criticizing. There was somebody, hallelujah, uh, trying to push back and destroy. But in spite of all of that, in 52 days, the walls of Jerusalem were completely finished. Uh, so a little more history. He serves as the governor for about 12 years. And then he returns to Persia, goes back to Persia, uh, and he serves a second term as governor of Judah. But it's when he comes back from Persia, and this is where we are in the text, chapter 13 of the book of Nehemiah. I'm going to read it for you. Chapter 13, verse 11, then contended I with the rulers and said, why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. This is why he says this. When he comes back uh, from going uh, from Persia, right? He, he leaves. He does his job. He's the governor for about 12 years. And he goes back to Persia for a while. And when he comes back to Jerusalem, he discovers that his people, the Jews in Jerusalem, had become lax in their moral and spiritual commitment to God. He said, What's, he, he notices, you all act like you don't even care. Uh, you all are getting lax in your worship and in your dedication to God. Uh, so this chapter 13, it actually records a number of failures and a number of areas where they had become lax. Um, they, they desecrated the Sabbath, they defiled the Sabbath. Uh, he noticed that uh, many of them didn't even remember or know the Hebrew language. Now that, I think that might have been really insulting to him because if you don't know the language, you can't read the law. How are you going to teach the word of God if you can't remember your own language? He comes back and they're, speak, they're speaking Babylonian and God has brought them or they're speaking in the Persian language or in the Babylonian language. Hallelujah. And, and he's upset about this. Uh, you all are forgetting now the songs of Zion. It's like the Lord has delivered you from Babylon, but you're, you're still acting like you are in Babylon. Hallelujah. So uh, he begins to talk to him about it. And, and basically he says, I don't like this. I don't, I don't care for this lackadaisical attitude. Um, here I am coming back to see how the Lord is blessing and some of you or many of you, I would say, are letting go of the faith and going in the opposite direction. You say, well, Fields, what does that have to do with today? Well, for a year, we've been shut in. We've been going through a lot of changes. Um, and here we are coming out of our houses, coming back into the house of God. 
and some things have been neglected. Uh, and we need to talk about that. Some things have been neglected uh, and uh, we just need to turn back to God. We just need to put things in their proper perspective uh, and come back to God. So it's, it's really a question. Uh, I know the title of the lesson is uh, Don't Neglect the House of God, but it's really a question that Nehemiah is asking the people, why is the house of God neglected? It's a pertinent question that was asked uh, of the rulers of God's people. Uh, he, he's looking around and he's, he's looking at those he left in charge. In those days, God's house, listen, in those days, God's house and the holy things were neglected. Even God was forgotten. Could you imagine? Even God was forgotten. After all the Lord had done for them, it seemed like they had forgotten all about God because, as I said, the Sabbath was being disregarded. They were doing whatever they wanted to do, and his word and commands were being disobeyed. Uh, so it's easy to see uh, how practical the question was. Nehemiah was asking, why, why is the house of God being neglected? Uh, it's, it's even relevant today. Why is the house of God being neglected? Why are the things of God being neglected? Even though we've been in, pa in a pandemic, why uh, are the things of God being neglected, right? And we're coming back into the houses of God, uh, and I hear the Spirit say, why have you neglected the spiritual things, the holy things? Uh, listen to my notes. Many who do attend church are formal. Uh, some are half-hearted and irregular. They were irregular in their attendance before all of this started, right? Uh, so in Nehemiah's day, a nucleus attended God's house. They were zealous, a nucleus, a remnant. Uh, if you study the history, even go into the word of the Lord, there were more that stayed behind in Babylon, even though there were three excursions or, or or their going back into Jerusalem was in three parts. There were more that stayed behind than actually went into the city of Jerusalem. Um, so there's always a nucleus. There's, there's always uh, those faithful, that faithful group uh, that ride or die, so to speak. Uh, but Nehemiah is looking at the people and saying, what's wrong with you all? Uh, does it mean anything to you? Does it mean, I remember a sermon, uh, the late Bishop Chris Dobbins used to preach, hallelujah, and I say used to preach because he preached it a few times. I heard him preach it a few times, and each time as a little boy, it stirred my soul. Does it, he would say, say it just like this, does it mean nothing to you? <laughs> and he preached that thing, and he preached about how the spiritual things of, of God get away from us. Uh, we become lax and lazy in our praise and worship. Um, so it's always been so. It's, it's always a faithful few, uh, only a minority, perhaps a group of people uh, that are serious about this. But it's time for all of us, all of us to take a good look at ourselves. Hallelujah. And, and, and just say, Lord, whatever's wrong, help me to get it right. Because I know you're coming. Uh, let's go to Luke 12 and 32. Uh, this is Jesus talking. 
uh, New Testament. He says, fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. He's always wanted to give his children blessings. In the New Testament, he said, I'm going to give you the kingdom. The Old Testament, he said, I'm going to give you Canaan land. Uh, so but through all the centuries, it's been that minority, and I'm saying minority, but a better word to use would be remnant, uh, who have maintained the Lord's testimony. So while we thank God, a lot of us are thanking God for revivals and hallelujah and, and so forth. Um, we really need to have a serious conversation about the things of God that are being neglected by the majority. Maybe we can get some of those in the majority to come over to the remnant and realize that they've been neglecting the things of God too long. And coming out of this pandemic, uh, you hear people say, well, let's get back to normal. I can't wait to get back to normal. Listen, uh, I don't know if normal was pleasing to God. I don't think I don't think we should talk about getting back to normal anymore. Don't let that come out your mouth anymore. Instead of saying, let's get back to normal, let's get back to God. Let's turn back to God. Why, why are so many people living outside of the kingdom? And I'm talking about the children of God. Why are so many who claim to be children of God, why are so many living outside of his kingdom? So let's talk about it. Why is God's house being neglected? Um, well, let's talk about this point. God's house is neglected because of spiritual, of the spiritual condition of many people. Um, theologically, the term would be unregenerate human nature. Unregenerate human nature. So, and we have to start. We have to start here because uh, there's a fundamental reason why people don't seek God and desire Him as they should. And I'm talking about even people. Uh, who claim to be children of God, who are in the household of faith. Um, people don't desire God's word like they used to. Uh, they're neglecting his word. They're neglecting prayer. Uh, and uh, so I'd have to say it's because of man's heart. It's an unregenerate heart. Uh, the spiritual state of an individual uh, who really isn't what they say they are. Um, and let's get into word. It's not my opinion. It's God's word. Ephesians 2 and 1. Uh, let's say, uh, and this would be uh, the point that that individual is spiritually dead. Ephesians 2 and 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You were dead. You were dead in trespasses and sins. So if things, the holy things of God are not important to you anymore, perhaps you have allowed yourself to go back from where the Lord has brought you out of. Ephesians 2 and 1, 1 John 5, 11. 1 John 5, 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Um, so Israel had had turned back. The Lord brought them out. They were some of them were in the city. The walls was rebuilt. The temple was rebuilt. But they still weren't where they should have been uh, with God. 
in the New Testament church, there are those who are in the temple. There are those, right, of, of us who are coming into the Lord's house. But are we where we should be in God? What has been neglected? What's been neglected? So uh, perhaps he's spiritually blind, 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So one reason, another reason why the things of God or the house of God is neglected, because uh, some people have become spiritually blind, spiritually dead, spiritually blind. Second uh, Corinthians four and four. Second Corinthians four and four. In whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now this is thought provoking stuff. Uh, does this mean people can say they're children of God or, or brag about being a member of this church or this organization, but there are things, spiritually th spiritual things, that are being neglected? Hallelujah. Imagine the walls were built. The temple was built. So visually everything looked well. But when Nehemiah got back from Persia, he says, why is the house of God being neglected? They defiled the Sabbath. They had forgotten, many of them, the Hebrew language. And if you forget the language, how can you read God's word? This is some powerful stuff. Also, uh, someone who was neglecting the things of God or the house of God, as, as uh, Nehemiah is asking specifically, uh, that individual might be spiritually enslaved. John 8 and 34 says it like this. Jesus answered him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Uh, Nehemiah notices their behavior. They're behaving like Babylonians. They're behaving uh, like uh, the Persians. Their behavior was not behavior conducive or in line with those who are worshiping a holy God. It's another reason why the Sabbath or a day of worship was no longer important to them. Hmm. Ephesians 2, 2 and 3, wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And I know we're in the New Testament text and using uh, Old Testament texts, using New Testament um, scriptures, because the church is the church. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to illustrate that because um, even in New Testament times, there were those who turned away from the things of God. Hallelujah. And uh, they may have been in church, but they looked or behaved like the world. Um, so Nehemiah is basically telling them, look, you, you can't, you're either in or out. You, you, you can't receive all these blessings of God and then discount him or disregard his word. Uh, so some of them, uh, they were neglecting the things of God because now they had been enslaved. Could you imagine 
physically they may have been free, but spiritually they were still enslaved to the things of the world. Hallelujah. The other thing uh, I think probably is the most powerful point here is that that, that individual has become an enemy of, of God. Romans 5 and 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Listen, when you turn away from God, when you walk away from him, hallelujah, and because you're, you're preferring or determined to walk in the opposite direct, direction, you unfriend. Think of it this way. You, you, you and God have a relationship. God has done so much for you, but you decide to press the unfriend button on your Facebook page. I don't want to hear from God. I don't want to follow God. You know how people do. They unfriend you. Um, and some of us have unfriended God. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you scripture. You are my friend if you keep my commandments. And they had turned away from God's word. Philippians 3.18, I'm feeling this. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Who are the enemies? Those who have turned away from his word. Those who have decided that his word is not important anymore. Uh, and sad to say, and, and this is just truth talking. Uh, we're, we're coming out of a pandemic uh, and we're walking in back into our buildings and we have a lot of people have the mindset well old things are getting back to normal but if things go back to normal I'm, not, I'm really not sure if God would be pleased because to some uh, going back to normal means I'm still not going to pray like I should pray I'm still not going to trust God as I should or, or obey his word as I should obey his word and this is what Nehemiah comes back uh, with a discerning voice. Why have you neglected the house of God, the things of God? Hallelujah. So this is, this is God's picture of natural man. Uh, and, and we could sum it up in Romans chapter 3, verse 11. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Hallelujah. Uh, Paul says that to the, to the Romans in frustration. Uh, there, none, none of you seem to be understanding. Uh, who's seeking after God? Uh, and this is some of what, uh, of Nehemiah's sentiment, you all have stopped seeking God. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. You want to please yourselves. You, you want to do things for your flesh. Uh, but who's concerned about obeying his word? Is there anyone left that wants to be pleasing in the sight of Jehovah and do his will? Hallelujah. This is a fundamental reason why um, uh, there, there are some, and I'd, I'd say there are unsaved men and unsaved women who don't want God or the things of God. Uh, and this is one reason why people uh, are not attending church. And I dare say some of the saints have a mindset, I'm not going back. Uh, I'm not going to attend church anymore. Uh, because, and I'll read it again, Romans 3 and 11. 
there's none that understandeth, right? Are we taking time to understand the word, understand the times and the seasons, right? Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together, uh, come together. Some have given themselves over to fear. Um, but uh, Paul sums it up and says there's a lack of understanding and people are not seeking God like they used to. And I know the church is not a building. I, know, I understand all of that. Hallelujah. But it does not mean that the things of God should be neglected. And um, when Nehemiah talks about the things of God being neglected, he's talking about a system. It wasn't just the temple, but it was an entire system of worship, things that had to be done. For instance, uh, worship involved atonement, which means uh, bringing a sacrifice uh, to the priest. Worship involved blood being shed on the altar, uh, which means the sacrifice was slaughtered there and there was atonement made for the sins of the people. Worship meant, hallelujah, standing uh, before the Lord, uh, raising your hands and praising God. There was a whole system of worship uh, tied into this dispensation of grace. There's an entire system of worship still. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And I can go on and on and on and on, hallelujah, but if we go against the system of worship or the things God has put in place, hallelujah, then we'll we're find ourselves living outside of the kingdom. Uh, so let's move to the second uh, point God's house is neglected because very often there is no vital uh, soul saving and heart satisfying ministry and testimony in our churches and, uh, and that's a mouthful uh, and I, I say this shaking my head because in many cases uh, there has been no message of authority being proclaimed from the pulpit we, you know uh, people are preaching current events, blessings, 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 blessings. You can get a house, you can get money, you can get this. And we've been in the pandemic. So when, when the money shut down and the jobs were scarce and people lost their jobs, people uh, sort of threw God away because their flesh wasn't being satisfied. Uh, but times of trouble and turmoil, that time of trouble and turmoil in Babylon would, should have brought them closer to the Lord. Hallelujah. But many of them strayed. They threw away their religion, threw away their language, pushed back on the word of God. Hallelujah. So much so until the majority stayed in Babylon. Uh, so let's talk about it because this is a sad fact that there are many, uh, even people that go to school to learn the word of God, right? So they can minister in the pulpit. Uh, professional preachers. Uh, but they don't believe the Bible. They don't believe the word of God. And there, there are people who have been in the church working and doing things and uh, ministering, but they really don't believe what they are ministering. Second uh, Timothy 3.16, all scripture uh, has been given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, 
in righteousness. Uh, but there are people, although that verse is there, who don't believe this, who don't really believe this. So you, you'll get no correction. You'll get no rebuking. Uh, you'll just get something that is designed to make you feel good. Uh, have you noticed, uh, and this something has been neglected, preaching the cross has been neglected. 1 Corinthians 1.18, we got to start preaching the cross and teaching the cross again. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. We need to get back. We got to get back to preaching the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection. That's the gospel. Go back to singing those blood songs. Hallelujah. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not. Hallelujah. My Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me. He died at Calvary. We need to go back. We've been neglecting the cross. And he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. In, in, in a lot of ways, uh, we've stopped inviting people to be saved. And when I, see, when I say we, I'm not necessarily indicting you or anyone in particular, but the church as a whole, uh, souls being saved uh, doesn't seem to be as important to many people anymore. Uh, so we're, we're just refurbishing uh, the, the saints, old saints, or uh, just swapping members. Uh, that's what we've been doing. Hallelujah. So I don't want to go back to normal. No, sir, not me. Hallelujah. I want to come back to God and do the things that he wants us to do. Let's do Romans, Romans 10 and 1. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Hallelujah. I want Israel to be saved. I want all those that don't have the Holy Ghost to have the Holy Ghost. And I believe this is what Nehemiah felt in his heart, too. I want Israel to be right. Y'all ain't right. Does this, doesn't this mean anything to you? Salvation doesn't mean anything to you? Uh, hallelujah. So I, I, don't, I don't want to go back to normal. I don't want the church to be just a, a place to be social. <laughs> social. Right in the midst of all this social distancing, we're yearning to go back to being social. Hallelujah. How about going back to being spiritual? Hallelujah. Yes. I don't I don't want the church to be a social center where we just come to meet our buddies. No, I, I want it to be a place where we come and experience the glory of God. Hallelujah. Could you imagine Nehemiah said the temple is here, the wall is built. He might have been sitting in the temple and there was no glory. He couldn't feel any anointing. Hoshanda, hallelujah. Something is wrong. He says, why have you neglected the house of God, the things of God? So here's another point. God's house is neglected because very often the lives of the believers uh, have not commended the church and the gospel. Uh, and, and what do I mean by this? Well, uh, every true believer, every true born-again believer longs for a stirring, for a revival, if you please. I don't care how spiritual you are, hallelujah, how long you've been saved, there's always a longing, a yearning. Lord, I, I want you to stir it up. I want a move of God. Yeah, hallelujah. 
Uh, I want it so that people will, when they come around the people of God, if they're not right, they'll want to be right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, uh, how often has you have you read the Word of God and said, Lord, I, I, I want to see miracles today, like I'm I'm reading about in the Bible. Hallelujah. How, how many times have you seen that miracles were wrought in the Bible and, you, and you're wondering, well, I, I need to see some miracles. It's not God. Uh, we were having this conversation with some preachers last week. It's, it's not God because he's perfect. There's no shadow of turning in him. So there must be something wrong on our side. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So don't be surprised. Uh, about the subject tonight, uh, why are we neglecting God's house? Uh, and it's something that we need to. And, and when I say the house, I'm, I mean because we are the house, so to speak. Yes, but why are we neglecting the things of God? And what have we been neglecting? And if so, you can answer that. Then we need to go into how we can fix it. Second Timothy 3 and 5. Right, and, and this is Paul talking to his young pastor Timothy. Uh, he says, well, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. From such turn away. Turn away. Turn away from the inconsistencies. Turn away from the things that are damaging, that are not propelling growth in God. Turn away. Turn away, turn away. Our lives should be corresponding with God's word. Our lives should be in line with his word, all of us. Hallelujah. The next point is God's house perhaps is, is neglected because many are far less zealous in serving God than those uh, who don't know the truth. Have you, have you ever taken notice? Those that claim to have the truth, yes, I'm a tongue talker, da, 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 but they, they don't seem to be zealous. They don't want to do anything but just come to church and clap their hands, right? But those, those who don't have the truth, they're out there trying to win as many people as they can. As a matter of fact, they even take time to understand what they believe. How many times uh, have you seen somebody who claims to be apostolic can't even explain what it means to be apostolic? Uh, you are neglecting your own faith. You're neglecting an opportunity to understand who you are in God. It's time out for that. I'm just telling you, it's time out for that. Time out for that. Worldly people seem to be keen in their pursuits. They know their stuff and in their pleasures. Hallelujah. But a lot of us have become lazy have become lazy, careless, even lukewarm. Let's go to Isaiah 66 and 8. Isaiah 66 and 8. Who have heard such a thing? Who have seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Hallelujah. Amos. As soon as Zion travailed, as soon as she put out the work, as soon as she pushed, like a woman having a child, she prevailed. You can't just lay there. 
You got to push. You got to do the work. Amos 6 and 1. We are pregnant with all of this power and all of this possibility, and you don't want to do the work. Shame on you. You are neglecting the things of God. Hallelujah. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. I'm in Amos chapter 6, verse 1. Woe to them that are in ease at Zion. Woe to the lazy saint. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. My Lord. Another, and I'm almost on another reason why perhaps uh, Nehemiah senses that the things of God or the house of God is being neglected because of sinful, a sinful lack of concern to draw people in. It's a sinful, and I say sinful because uh, not only uh, some people not trying to win anyone or bring anyone, uh, you, you just determined not to. You don't know, I got mine. I let them get theirs. It's almost with an attitude. I don't, it's like you don't want nobody to come up into the family or be a part of the family. But we have a commission. Go out into all the world. Right? Remember Matthew 28 and 19? Uh, it's a commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Are we obeying what God is telling us to do? Right, uh, the early church did what they were supposed to do. Yes, it was after persecution, but they went out there and did it. Acts four, eight and four rather. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Everywhere preaching the word. We we often today we wait for people to come to church. Well, let them come, let them come. Right, we long for this. We want the church to grow. We've been wanting the church to grow. Uh, so we've just been sitting in church waiting for people to come. Uh, but the Bible says we're supposed to go out and win souls. Hallelujah. Yeah. I, I think we're wrong for that, just sitting around. Uh, okay. Uh, send the people in. And, and the Bible says we're supposed to go out and, and compel men and women. We're supposed to go out and witness. We're supposed, supposed to go out and, and win souls. Hallelujah. You can't build a church that way. And and I said, church, anybody can build a building. Yeah, all you need is some money. But it takes the power of God, the move of the Holy Ghost to build a church. My church. This is the Lord's church. Yes, upon this rock I build my church. So we have, to, we have to go back. We have to stop neglecting the mandate and go back to witnessing. Go back to telling people to the utmost Jesus saves. Hallelujah. Israel had stopped being an example of holiness. Yes. He says, be ye holy for I am holy. And Nehemiah must have looked around and said, I can't tell the difference between you all and the Persians or the Babylonians. Not the first time that's been said. God said it to Moses. I can't tell the difference between my children and the Egyptians. He said, but there shall be a difference between my children and the Egyptians. There should be a difference between us and them. And a sure sign that we're neglecting the things of God 
is when we start looking and acting or behaving like the world. Hallelujah. We are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. Yes, that's who we are. That's who we are. So another thing about this neglect is that God's house, I'd say God's house is neglected because we are living in the last days. It's not an excuse. It's just the truth. We are living in the last days. And these days are clearly foretold in the New Testament uh, alarming days uh, where apostasy would increase. Yeah, people will continue to turn their backs on God. Second Timothy, the third chapter. Second Timothy, the third chapter, verses one through five. Listen, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Then he closes out by saying, having a form of godliness. They'll look the part, but they got some issues they've, because they've been neglecting the things of God or the house of God. So now they have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power thereof from such turn away. So everywhere, there's a falling away. Everywhere, there's a falling away, even before the pandemic. And because of this, uh, in this sense in which we may expect God's house would be neglected because people are falling away. It's wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm not making excuses. It's wrong to make excuses for prayerlessness uh, or indolence or disobedience. It's wrong for any preacher or anybody else to try to make excuses for uh, the church or the body's inconsistency or uh, to blame, uh, to even blame unsaved people for their uh, lack of interest in the things of God. It's wrong for us to do that when we ourselves should be the blame because we have become, in many cases, lazy, uh, nonchalant. Things have shifted, things have changed. Uh, even before the pandemic, I, I remember times even in coming up where somebody wanted the Holy Ghost, people would stay and and pray with that soul. Uh, now it seems like people are so impatient. Uh, and if somebody needs the Holy Ghost, you, people act like they they don't even care, uh, you know. But we need to go back to the things of God. Hallelujah. Could you imagine Nehemiah's frustration? The wall is up. The temple is built. But we are out of place. And, the, and, and he says it. This is what it says. Verse 11. Then contended I with the rulers. I got, I got in their face. Nehemiah said, I got in their face and said, why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. I put them to work. I put them back to work. Oh, no. You need to get back and start doing the things of God. Go back and do what you're supposed to do. He, he set it in order, and this is what we have to do. Don't just come back to the building. 
Make sure things are in order. Yes, make sure things are in order. I'm not going to stay with you long, but the last part I want to talk about as far as uh, why are we neglecting the house of God? I would say God's house is neglected because we are hindering the move of the Holy Ghost. We are hindering the move of the Holy Ghost. We are hindering the move of the Holy Ghost. And remember now, I know we're getting ready to get into Pentecost. We're moving towards the day of Pentecost. But the Bible says they were in one place and in one accord, and the Holy Ghost moved. There is so much division among us, so much uh, divisiveness among us. Hallelujah. We need to come together as God's children so God can move freely the way that he wants to move. Yes. How is it that we long for revival and we're asking for God, Lord, I want you to do such and such and such and such and such. Uh, and we're still looking forward because there's some things we need to do in order for revival to take place. One reason is that um, perhaps the Holy Ghost is grieved. We're grieving the Holy Ghost and it's quenched. Mm -hmm. And because there's too much separation, too much animosity, too much gossiping, too many people talking about each other behind. Then we, then, and so this is, this was the norm. You want to go back to normal. This is what it was like. You got this one against that one, this one talking about that one. We can't, we can't come back to the house just as separated as we were before all of this started. No, we got to get it together. Hallelujah. And be dedicated to God and have some fiduciary to the family. We are all part of the family. Hallelujah. We got to go back to preaching the unadulterated word of God. No more sugar on it. Don't put no sugar on it. Just give them the word. Hallelujah. Listen to my notes. I don't think God would bless liberal preaching, prayerless churches, undisciplined Christians. They're all right until you correct them. Yeah, as soon as you try to put out some correction, you get all of this agita. You know what I mean. Uh, but, but Nehemiah came in there and got in their face. Why are you neglecting the things of God? God cannot bless in the midst of liberal preaching. Anything goes. Live any way you want. No. We can't have a prayerless church. We can't have undisciplined Christians or believers. Uh, this is why there's so much neglect. Hallelujah. God's house and the things of God become neglected. Uh, and we start stirring up the judgment or the anger of God. There's some people that you don't believe God can get upset with his children. Yes, those he loves, he also chastens. Even David said his, he gets angry. Uh, his anger endureth but for a moment. Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Before he talked about God's joy, he, he had to deal with God's wrath, his correction. Hallelujah. Yes. Listen, let's go to Psalms 85 and 5. Uh, David says, will you be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Will not thou revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? 
Hallelujah. God does get upset with his children. Yes, he does. Uh, he loves us enough to correct us. We got to come back uh, to the things of God and we have to stop neglecting discipline. We have to stop neglecting prayer. And we want the miracles and the true sure enough revival. We have to come back. And this is what Nehemiah was saying. You, gotta, you better turn back to God. You better come back to the things of God. Hallelujah. Come back to God. Turn back to the Lord. Turn back to the Lord. So um, let's, let's just take a look at ourselves. And I know sometimes when you hear Bible teaching, our minds flash to other individuals. But I, I think when the word of God goes forth, we need to take a good look at ourselves. Let the light from the lighthouse. Remember that song? Let the light from the lighthouse shine on me. How come we don't sing that song anymore? Shine on me. Shine on me. Shine on me. There's a scripture in Lamentations. Yes, the third verse, the third chapter rather, verse 40, it says something very powerful. I even posted it on my Facebook page this morning. Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Search and try our ways. Check ourselves out to see if we're where we should be with God. Hallelujah. Give our, our, ourselves a fresh and unreservedly to God. What do I mean? Give your total self to God. Don't just give them a part of you. Give them all of you. Don't hesitate, Lord. Just take all of me. I don't know what I don't really know what I'm doing anyway. Lord, take all of me. Remember Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. I, I quoted it earlier. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Start seeking the kingdom first. Go back to putting God first. Matthew uh, 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's go back to soul winning. <laughs> Acts 6 and 4. Book of Acts chapter 6 verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer, to the ministry of the word. Hallelujah. Be men and women of prayer and soul winning. That's what, that was happening in the book of Acts. They were praying, they were fasting, and the church was growing. Hallelujah. Let's go back to the basics. Stop neglecting the foundation and let's search our hearts. Let's search our minds, our very souls. I'll take you back to Lamentations 3 and 40. Let us search and try our ways. Let us search and try our ways. Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. And of course, we should always honor the Holy Ghost. Don't frustrate his spirit. Live according to his spirit. Those who are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. They are the sons of God. I want to pray with you tonight. Pray with me, won't you? Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we bless your holy name. And we thank you for your goodness and your grace and for your mercy and all that you do.
Help us, O God. Search our hearts and minds. If you see anything that should not be, we ask that you would take it away, those things that we have neglected, Lord. We don't want to go back to normal. We don't want to go back to the way things were before, Lord. We want to come to a higher place. We want to be closer to you. We don't just want to be back in the building, but we want to be back in your good pleasure. We want to live in your favor. We want to know that we are pleasing in your sight. Bless us one by one, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, you have not given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, let us know admin at grtdc.org and someone from our staff will reach out to you. Yes, we will. And we'll make arrangements for you to be baptized, even someone to tarry with you. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You have a special prayer request. Send it to us. Admin at grtdc.org. If you want to plant a seed in this ministry, why don't you do that? Our technician will put how you can do that on the screen. Plant your seed, pay your tithe, won't you? Those of you who are in uh, Bible study with us from our sister church, Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx, you may use Givelify. The Lord bless you tonight. And we're on our way to Mother's Day. This coming Sunday will be Mother's Day. I want to say to all of the mothers, uh, happy Mother's Day. Enjoy a wonderful day. And uh, the women in Refuge Temple Lanix and of GRTDC have been in fellowship each night uh, leading up to Mother's Day. They're having a wonderful time. And I want to thank those who are responsible for putting that fellowship together. The women of God are enjoying themselves in the word and in fellowship. Well, we'll see you again next week. The Lord says so. But until then, there are three things I want you to do. Be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom. Shalom.